0: You're listening to an ACCA podcast.
1: Yes, Good evening, everyone, and um, thank you very much for joining us today. My name is Max Delaney. Um, I'm the Artistic Director at the Australian Centre for Contemporary Art, or ACCA. Just to give a bit of visual context, um, I've got grey hair and glasses and I'm wearing a blue shirt. I'm zooming in from home with a white wall behind me and framed works on paper uh, on the wall. And before we begin, I'd like to start by acknowledging the sovereign custodians of the land um, from which I'm speaking to you today, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. And I'd like to extend my respect to elders past, present and emerging, and to all First Nations people who might be joining us for this discussion. Two weeks ago, we heard from Sam Peterson and Isadora Vaughan, um, which is now available on ACAs website as a video and a podcast. And today we're joined by artists Robert Andrew from Brisbane, Mimosa Eschar from Paris, and Sydney McMahon from Sydney, um, whose works are currently featured in Overlap and Magisteria, the 2020 McFarlane Commissions. Overlap and Magisteria is the second edition of a multi-year partnership, uh, generously supported by the McFarlane Fund, and I'd like to sincerely acknowledge the McFarlane Fund for their support of ACCA and the artist projects. Overlap and Magisteria has been curated by my colleague Miriam Kelly and myself, and it pays attention to multiple ways of knowing, sensing, feeling, and interacting with the world. With newly commissioned works by participating artists, the outcome of astute observations and reflections on language, culture, land use, bodies, architecture, among many other discursive and informal contexts. Some works explore psychic and social realms and pleasures inherent in the senses, others encourage us to learn from non- or other than human materials, organisms, entities and elements. And I'm sure we'll hear and learn more about this from our guests this evening. Alongside the artists, I'd also like to welcome and introduce our interpreters, Amber and Angela, who will be assisting us tonight. This event will be recorded for release as video and podcast recording, and there'll be time for questions after each of the artists have delivered their talk. So please do submit your questions via the Q&A tab at the bottom of the screen, and we'll try to answer them at the end if, at the end of the session if time permits. Uh, in reflecting today about the work of our four speakers, of our speakers this evening, I've been thinking about the ways in which Sydney's work provides a pulse and breath for the exhibition, um, which are very vital statistics or signs. And Mimosa's work provides bodily fluids membranes and molecules such as blood, skin and DNA, whilst Robert's work offers the gift of language and connects this to materially and philosophically rich questions of country, place and existence. And together in different ways, each introduce complex worldviews and rich, diverse subjectivities. And so without further ado, it's a great pleasure to welcome Robert, Sydney, and Mimosa, who will speak uh, in that order. So thank you all for joining us. And in the first instance, I'm really pleased to introduce Robert Andrew, who's based in Brisbane. Robert is a descendant of the Yaru people from the Kimberley in Western Australia. Robert creates um, extraordinary sculptural installations which explore tensions between old and new cultural and material forms, uh, which reflect his personal relationship to land, culture and language as well as wider narratives related to the encounter between Indigenous and settler colonial cultural heritages. Robert has created an extraordinary new site-specific installation for ACCA titled Tracing Inscriptions, which encompasses an electro-mechanically driven Cartesian plotting system and a robotic mechanism which controls the movement of 100 strings, each tied to ochre and oxide-dipped charcoal branches gathered after local bushfires. So, um, Robert, I'd love to hand over you, and just to say welcome and thanks for joining us.
2: Hey, thanks, Max, um, and thank you for the opportunity to chat about the work and to actually put the work into Acker. It's it's been a wonderful experience. Um, as Max said, my name is Robert Andrew. I'm sitting in my um, quite messy studio space at the moment, um, and I'm I probably go with the same description as Max, as sort of with the glasses on and the sort of grey graying hair um black shirt but um, this is um, I suppose probably I'll, I'll, I'll give you a quick insight into my practice and this will sort of help understand how the work sits within this space at um, at ACA there um, and I'll just go on to share my screen I think to start off with um, I'm from the Yaru language group or my mother's language group um, in Uh, Broom Western Australia and I got into my art practice through um, ideas around my my sister went to Geelong um, and went through uh, an art undergrad in Geelong and learned a lot about family and really encouraged me to take that on so this is sort of the path I took in um, Brisbane and going through uh, contemporary Australian Indigenous art unit to learn more about family and found within that a sort of a voice to be able to make um, using I suppose the skill set I had um, with sort of technology side of working with telecom or Telstra and also um, making I've always been making Um, so my undergrad started in 2009 and sort of through my work I I started to look at Developing mechanisms, and I'll share my screen and just take you through some images. These are in no order, but it will give you a sort of insight into the, the other works that have led to to this work. Um, what I do is I sort of combine. I, I've got a love of technology, and I've got a love of making, and so um, I've sort of been combining, or I combine mechanical artworks, computer driven, time based um, machines, um, and these these machines, and this is typical sort of similar to the one at Acker, um, sort of erode through surfaces and break down um, forms and sort of build up layers and take back layers. And it's it's all about this, I suppose, um, me engaging with sort of complex um, Australian histories and sort of peeling those back and eroding through some of the histories to reveal hidden and divine histories underneath. So these sorts of works are sort of eroding using water to erode back the surface to reveal um what's underneath and can last um these works can last between um, a couple of weeks and a few months um as a time period so over that time it's sort of it's building up and this one sort of builds up layers of um string on the ground over and over again to it more than just bring the word out but just to to Almost make a landscape and a lot of the works have a tendency to um, sort of build landscapes out of these other forms and sort of slowly erode different forms. So um, I suppose where my work takes me is the, these ideas of what's hidden underneath but it's it's not so much as to um, erase one and, and overlay another. It's the idea of Creating something which is a little bit of both, and it's sort of it's a little bit similar to my history—a sort of sort of indigenous and non-indigenous—and um, so the works have a lot of that, I suppose, um, process built into it. But also um, going through undergrad and sort of um, postgrad studies, I started to look at. Um, language and ideas around language and um, so a lot of these works particularly like this use language within them and sort of use this one's actually using uh, language from letters sent to my nana and great-grandmother or great-great-grandmother to deny am citizenship so i'm erasing those words and in erasing those words i bring through or bring forth another word an indigenous word Um, and looking at language and the loss of language is a, a very um, insidious um, process that the colonisation um, of Australia has sort of overlaid on, on um, the Indigenous, uh, the First Nations people. So most of these have that element in the, of building up and it's not about so much with interpreting uh, the language because I don't live on that country um, and the language the yaru language was born from that country so it's 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 a language all these language groups were born from the country that they sit on and so it's the it's more experiential i think the language to to try to translate it into english into a different way of thinking is a really difficult thing so this is i'll give you some install shots um of where we went through at ACCA, and it was was very fortuitous because they just opened the borders. um, Well, they hadn't opened the borders, I don't think, and um, um, Max and Miriam got hold of me and said, do you want to come down? We um, would really uh, um, like you to come down and install the work, and um, it was really good because I hadn't got that far in the manual to actually – I got to the string bit, so we got to this bit and I hadn't got to the string bit, and you'll sort of soon see um, the complexity of it. But this is a sort of a um, a, a machine that I, I make. I sort of machine all the parts to it and sort of um, design it. But it's, it's basically each axis of it has 25 strings that run from the machine through different guides to the wall um, and then up up the wall um, you can see there and I had some wonderful help here I sort of would have been able to do it with the help that I had at the time it was absolutely fabulous and sort of it's really hard to describe how to do all this so we sort of did it as we went along and sort of explored and sort of um, worked out how the layers of the string went but it was each each side has 25 strings and they're sort of projected or sort of strung across the the ceiling space to the wall on the other side so there's a hundred of these hanging objects and hanging um, branches um, um, burnt and they were they were found from local bushfires as Max mentioned around the Brisbane area um, a couple of months previous to the install so sort of the and this placing them on the walls was one major thing but there's also there's a there's a process of balancing. And um, I think that that sort of comes into a lot of my practice, this balancing between the technology and the movement of these objects. So there's there's probably twice as many rocks involved to actually balance it out, to hold them in place and also hold tension within the string. So there's that direct communication, be it sort of a little bit um no, there's delayed in a way or there's, so there's a certain motion that the strings uh, have inherent in them to transfer to the, the objects as well. So that, that was the sort of a, an image of the, the final um, installation of all the strings. And the work itself, um, the mechanism on the floor on the, the right-hand side, um, slowly, traces around letters from the Yaru language um, and it is such a slow pace and the letters are arranged in such a way that they're really difficult for the viewer to actually to to perceive that action or that shape that's in there and that's an intentional thing because it's sort of it's 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 denying the, the viewer in a way but it's also denying the mechanism in a way to to be able to realize that hard-edged binary black and white translation of that text which is sort of inherently problematic in itself um, the ideas of those words that translation being able to hold the um the enormity of some of these words and to, to to mention one of the words one of the words boru which is um ground soil country time and space it's a it's a big Concept and it's a big word for um, for me to understand and, and sort of going back there, but it's it's sort of one of those things that's really hard I think to place into into a translation. I think there's a lot of these translations within different languages that we lose, and it's also within that that loss of um, or the overlaying of a new language, we've got a loss of um, a lo- a loss of culture within that overlay um and where i originally came from was these letters sent to my grandmother and great grandmother in another language was wasn't their language and directing them what to do so there was a huge amount of power in this english language but there's also within that the power to to direct um and also the power to take away culture um so this is sort of the, the, the close-ups of the the mechanism as it sort of was finalized so it's I like to sort of keep the mechanisms fairly um, fairly clean and minimal in, in a way. Um, and as that moves around tracing those, um, I ha- and I haven't got video of it, I'm sorry, um, but as that moves around, it, each of those strings is pulled in a different direction. And each because they're different, plat- spaced in a different direction, uh, different um, uh, spacing from each other. They're pulling at different rates. So each string is actually being pulled at a different rate. There's there's sort of only slight differences with some, but not with the others. So there's going across to the other side. I'll get away from these these young fellows. Um, you can see the the build up starting to happen here, and it's one string is controlling as it's pulling up, and the other one's pulling from the side. So there's this there's this constant um, Sort of interplay with the strings and where they're positioned and where the rocks are hanging and how that's balanced and um, within that there's a sort of if you look back at it you can see there's a sort of similar shape but if you look closer at these they've got um, the nuance of the the details are building up within them and I haven't seen them now so I'm, I I don't know how they've progressed but I've seen sort of Instagram shots of it and there seems to be a lot of detail within this and it's it's shading that's built up in them it's sort of this. It's sort of yeah, it's it's something I'd really like to see. So I'm I'm really happy to be able to to go there and, and see that. But in that process as well, it's um it's not about this is not about translating and putting that those words um, which mean language, which means salt water and country and time and space, putting translating these as something that is is um, easy to go, oh, that means something. It's actually giving them a place to be realized, I suppose, as opposed to be directly translated again. And that's, that That can't be my purpose because I don't understand the, the, the true meanings of these words myself. So it just, it gives them more, of, uh, I suppose, it's a, um, it develops. It's one of those things, I suppose, it's with culture and it's with these words, and they, they develop over time And they keep developing it's not something that's a static thing and this is partly what these translations have done is sort of kept them in one space where they they don't they don't or shouldn't exist within that and also within that process of them moving across the surface there and scraping um, they're also grabbing onto the surface and hitting the rocks and losing some of the charcoal and and parts of them and occasionally a rock has fallen off as well but with that you get this build up on the ground and it's sort of it's the the build up originally wasn't something I anticipated as much but it was something has now become uh, an intentional part of the work to leave that build up and that sort of another landscape that's sort of creating itself down there with that through that process um so that's I I I I'll give you a couple more images so these and there's I think I I ran out of rocks during the install process as well so there are some rocks that have been hit with a hammer so there's now multiples of those rocks because I sort of didn't anticipate that amount of balancing that went into them but it's 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 another thing that I I didn't really I, I had only imagined within the space but it's standing within the space and and by myself for the first time was that movement of everything across those surfaces and it was the i think there's the sounds of these scrapings all these little scrapings happening and these bumping going on it was a sort of whispering in a way across the surface it was it was quite nice to hear and there's also the mechanical noise that comes into it so you never you never away from that either but it's sort of the, the combination of both that happen over that time. So how are we how are we for for time there.
1: That's that probably nice? probably <laughs> probably a great Robert. It's a, it's probably a nice a nice place to hand over to to Sid. Yeah, cool. Is it? Yeah. I think um I mean Sydney's work is also very much. Um, inspired by elemental forces and movement and wind and indeed bushfire. So um, it's perhaps a happy a happy um, handover as well. Um, we're really delighted to to um, welcome Sydney um, and just to um, introduce Sydney. Um, Sydney's an artist who works across sculptural installation, uh, video and performance uh, with an interest in architecture and the body, memory and feeling. And Sydney's um, works bring together quite um, what seem to be often incommensurate cultural contexts, um, such as agricultural and industrial, psychological and libidinous uh, economies, um, to reflect on personal narratives that inform the artist's contemporary identity from an upbringing in regional Queensland to queer cultural references and sensibility. And for um, Overlap and Magisteria, um, Sydney has created a new uh, installation Encompassing uh, video and performance, and also these large, uh, majestic sailcloth um, forms and uh, fans uh, that choreograph diverse and complex emotional scales and registers, um, which have evolved over the past 18 months. And um, we're really wel- we're pleased to welcome Sydney. Thanks for joining us, Sydney.
3: Thanks, Max. Um, I'll just start off by saying I have. Uh, pinkish white skin, and I'm wearing uh, thin rimmed glasses. Um, I have a black cap on and a black t shirt, and behind me is a sort of glass door where you can see some plants um, and a bit of concrete. Uh, I'm currently in my apartment in Erskineville in Sydney. And I just want to acknowledge that I'm on the land of the Gadigal people of the Aura Nation and to pay respect um, to them tonight. Uh, yeah. I'd also like to just thank the McFarlane family and the McFarlane Fund and the board members. Um, just to say that uh, there's a lot of work that goes into that and that the um, outcome of it is the ability to make uh, the space and ability to make um, ambitious new work. And so I feel really lucky and fortunate that I've been able to produce this work um, as a consequence of, of them facilitating that fund. So, And I just want to also thank the other artists um, for sharing their work. Um, I had such a beautiful install experience. Um, I wish I had been there with myself. And also to Miriam and Max, of course, for all of their work, as well as the install crew, which are just like Mwah, at ACCA. Um, and also um, the front of house team who have been caring for my um, a little bit uh, naughty work. It's probably not the right word. Um, so, okay, uh, that's sort of those things out of the way. Uh, so then I will share my screen. Okay, Um, I thought I'd start off by sharing this work that I made in 2019 uh, as part of an exhibition that I also sort of put together with uh, another artist, Spence Masai at Auto Italia in London. Um, The work was called Of Doubts and Dreams and consisted of three um, electric hoist motors that were programmed to sort of uh, carry out this set of choreography that uh, was stretching this leather and uh, sort of dipping in honey and um, sort of performing a set of actions that spoke to an idea or an experience of of uh, um, trauma that I had as a young person growing up in rural Queensland. Um, so this, this work is sort of a precursor to the work I made at ACCA in a way because it's The work that I've made um, of Sorrow and Release is sort of a a next edition of Letting Go, Um, whereas this was sort of an initial uh, feeling of that. Um, It had this delightful milk fountain, which was the uh, annoying part of that particular work that um, the milk kept going off and they had to place it and but it would bubble over and it was also really amazing so um the work that's carried on once these works are installed is also somehow part of the work too that there's like a care that's needed um, to facilitate and to give this ongoing experience of what it is that um, I, I'm trying to present uh, here's some drawings that's some very initial drawings of the work Um, that I made in my studio where I was thinking about what sort of form I wanted this to take. And I uh, was thinking about some uh, sailing spinnakers that uh, I'd been very uh, fond of when I was young and these forms that were really powerful um, but also uh, super light and compact and the materiality of this. Um, I wanted to incorporate into this work a a performative um, element and I was really fortunate to uh, develop some sense of movement with um, an amazing collaborator of mine, Brooke Stamp, at Campbelltown Arts Centre in very early 2020. Um, And here's some sort of stills from it that I think will make sense later on. Um, I also just want to point out that I didn't make this work alone, that so much of this work was made possible because of um, a dear friend and collaborator, Annie McKinnon, who is just an absolute tech angel and also building angel. And um, so here's some cute pics of Annie in a garden at Heidi, and then us in front of Eka. Uh, I also want to say that I made the the sails with an amazing costume designer called Anthony H. And um, I just wanted to put this pic in here because this was sort of what I thought I would need to paint the sails on in my studio. And actually what we ended up doing was going to like this big oval and having to tie um, these sails down to the ground. And in the process, somehow I lost one shoe as well which was super mysterious but uh in saying that the the work sort of came together through the help of these amazing people um, in different settings and in my studio and here's just a few sort of development um picks from that time of testing things out um so the work itself i suppose is is here's an image of it in in situ it's made up of these three uh sails or big wads of fabric of differing sizes one is the same height um, as me I can fit sort of perfectly inside it another one is um double that uh, so it's two point it's about 2.5 meters high and then the third one is um the full height of the Acker ceiling so it's about eight eight meters tall And each of these sales for me was trying to represent what it felt like or what I was experiencing of trying to let go um, of a sense of personal sorrow over uh, sort of time and space that I felt um, I'd missed out on in in previous years with thinking through my own uh, identity um, in relationship to my gender and my name. So um, the, the idea that this fabric is very light, it collectively weighs about two kilograms and, but yet takes up this immense space felt really important that um, it could represent sorrow as this sort of ever-present uh, and maybe big force um, in our lives that comes up and, uh, and comes down. Um, at different times and when it comes up um, it takes up a lot of space and when it uh, recedes you you still notice it but it has this it it can be light and heavy at the same time and that's the sort of experience I wanted to show. Um, You can see uh, as part of that there's uh, nine eight eight fans that um, are all networked together. So these fans and these motors send the, the sales up and down and inflate them and deflate them um, in different ways. Um, accompanying it is this video work that um, is a sort of monologue where, or I mean, actually, it's sort of not a monologue. These two screens talk to each other. And they're talking about trying to search for something and... Um, sending signals out to try and get an answer. And when it gets an answer, it's sort of distressing, but um, trying to reset and reboot constantly. And this idea of um, restarting and restarting the process of processing, um, but also how, um, uh, I mean, how how, how good that can feel, but also how chaotic and, frustrating and unwanted that can also feel at times too. Uh, That's just a still from the actual video. I wanted to show you um, the sort of network map of the work because it's it's so interesting, I mean, it's interesting for me. Um, So this is sort of the the program that runs the artwork where a set of uh, sensors are pulling in information and triggering um, the work to sort of set off a set of choreography. So in this uh, particular work, there's seven sets of choreography that refer to different places that I've lived or had significant experiences throughout my life. And each of those um, different sets of movements, although it's very subtly different um, in in some cases, in some cases not, um, I sort of, wrote in response to those spaces, um, or a feeling that I had from those spaces. Um, Here's just some other images. This sort of chain that's holding down the sail, so the super light fabric um, is anchored to the ground through uh, not by attaching it, but by this sort of heavy, um, dense chain material. it, it was after a conversation with Anthony where he mentioned that the Queen's uh, skirts and dresses always have chain in the bottom of them to hold them um, down because they could never fly up. That I I was like, I'm sorry, what? And then it became obvious that um, there was something about this idea of anchoring something but not actually attaching it. Um, that felt important for this work too. Um, how am I going for time? Have I zoomed through this? Um,
1: you're going well. You've probably got a couple more minutes to go. That's, that's good. Sid. Yeah. As you wish.
3: I mean, at the at the at the same time, um, I was also interested in how the work could uh, be very flat and very big, and in response to this idea of it breathing too like the idea of breathing through a process, but also when I was first thinking through the work, there was the mega bushfires that were happening all across the country. And suddenly um, there was this anxiety about how we breathe and can we breathe? And also a mourning for um, the an irreparable um, damage to our environment that has caused this to be the case and uh, and, and a lack of understanding or trying to work with the environment and with uh, the traditional people of that also landscape as well that has caused um, this crisis that we were in at that point and, and still continue to be in. And then in, as we all know, in a strange set of occurrences, it then also became about breathing through COVID as well. Um, and so the lungs of this work, the idea that they, they take, they inhale and then deflate and exhale constantly all day um, in different formats and at different times, um, felt fitting for that moment in time for me too. Um, so yeah. That's, uh, I mean, it's also been such a, so, so lovely to um, see this work alongside um, Roberts as well, which, um, I mean, the use of technology is, is so different, but it was, it was really beautiful to have these moments in, in the gallery where this sort of conversation about just technology was happening. <laughs> it was quite um, unique situation uh yeah i think i I think I've covered everything max have I left in anything out
1: see that, that feels good we can come back to um to further questions in the conversation time at the end yeah, cool and um I like to think that as well as a, a really beautiful um sort of happy um adjacency to robert's work um your work diagonally across the galleries, cuts across to Mimosa's work, which I think really um, are two kind of uh, bodily polarities um, with your work, you know, invoking lungs and bronchial cords and breathing and the pulse of the soundtrack of the performance and Mimosa's work also being very much engaged with questions of body and skin and blood and sap and other um, flows and, and also libidos that operate. So um, it's we're really um, delighted to welcome Mimosa from Paris. And thank you, Mimosa, so much for getting up so early in the morning. Um, it was, of course, our intention to have invited you to Melbourne um, last year, which wasn't possible. So we're really delighted you can join us virtually in this conversation today. Um, and bienvenue, merci. Um, um, so just to... Um, To introduce Mimosa Eschar, Mimosa is based in Paris um, and she is an artist whose work often combines um, natural and biological, um, synthetic as well as pop cultural elements uh, from which she creates wonderful, um, quite unpredictable hybrid paintings and metabolic sculptures and immersive environments. And um, Mimosa's work often encompasses inanimate um, so, animate and as well as inanimate materials, such as um, organic materials like medicinal plants and beauty products and bodily fluids and drugs and dietary supplements, things that are often hard to get through customs and quarantine, um, and um, uh, as well as bringing together um, other materials and cultural contexts um, from media and um, which she then brings together in these very lively scenographies and and ecosystems. And for the exhibition um, Overlap Magisteria, Mimosa has created an installation called Closed Aliens. It's a series of suspended illuminated sculptural assemblages or lamps, which are composed of thousands of glass beads, um, as well as other uh, assemblages that have been inserted into those um, lamps. And these are set in dialogue with um, these extraordinary visceral collage paintings, which um, sort of embalm a whole range of materials and uh, images, as well as membrane like curtains and a soft sculptural floor object, which Mimosa refers to as boudin or blood sausage. So, Mimosa, um, welcome and thank you um, again for joining us. And um, I'll hand over to you. Uh,
0: Thank you for the introduction. Um, and sorry uh, for my English. I will try my best. Um, The description, of um, I'm like sitting, it's the sunset here in Paris, so it's very early. I'm a bit sleepy, but I have coffee, and um, I'm, I'm at my home, but it's also my studio, so yeah. I work in the same place. So you can see maybe a little bit of my studio, but mostly just also books. And yeah, I'm sitting on the table. I have bleach hair, I'm white, and I have a jean jacket. Yes, so I'm gonna share the, no, um, thank you everybody. Uh, It's a pity that I, I, I didn't meet you, yeah, by flesh. And so, yeah, for me, the exhibition at ACA, it's like, yeah, it's the team was fantastic. And thank you everybody. Uh, It's like also like a dream that, you know, I didn't really experience that. And I'm gonna talk about it um, by distance and by image. So uh, I'm gonna share my screen with you. What is that? Mm, 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 mm. I'm just afraid to share my screen and... So this is um, an image of the space uh, at ACA. Um, Well, the the space is uh, composed by uh, three elements. There is a light sculpture, this kind of membrane painting and uh, also curtain. So the way I imagined the space was to build cotton, one on the entrance and one on the exit. And for me, it was like uh, this coupure. So it's eyelid. Uh, and what uh, is happening in inside the space is uh, you are kind of inside the eyes. So that was the idea. So for me, like the beads, for example, were like tears or blood or liquid that can you know also that can be into the eyes, the image are also like, maybe looking uh, at the other side of your eyes. It's kind of a weird idea that, yeah, I had at this moment. And yeah, so there is also, yeah, this little, yeah, three element, but also this little cushion on the floor, so I will talk about it later. So this big painting is composed by a, um, analog photograph that I'm doing uh, you can see maybe like the um, also the eyelid of uh, one of my nieces Margot. and at this moment she was like apply a cosmetic on the skin and uh, it was like a tears um, the, the tears just disappear with the painting but whatever and uh, at the in the middle is like a <clears throat> there is two objects it's like um, on the top of the painting. There was a um, ginkgo, uh, not ginkgo, egg. Like it's a plant, star uh, pre- a prehistoric plant that uh, is doing egg, like big uh, red eggs. And there was also like uh, toy eggs, which for me was also like kind of the <clears throat> the circle of, of the eyes. And then I uh, just apply a lot of um, synthetic object. There is also this um, sap from a tree. Uh, and it's called like a dragon blood tree. And so I was using that, uh, like the really uh, dark uh, red that you can see on the painting. Yeah, it come from that. And then I also play with this uh, kind of effect that I found by accident. It's like the metal, like, kind of rest into the latex. So, yeah, it was really something about, like, uh, the blood, the metal on the blood, and a lot of different elements um, that also just with the liquid, they can, like, go together in a relation and make, like, this kind of weird surfaces Uh, okay let's move on yeah some details so yeah so there is a blue eggs that I are stuck into like between the the picture and the fabric and it's kind of look like like a spider nest something or like just yeah Uh, some science fiction I kind of yeah, something is gonna happen, or and I just play also with this effect. And on the image, you can also see like a little dot to, 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 to like create like also like a creamy surfaces and it's uh, beads. So the beads are also inside the painting, uh, they circulate into the work. Um, yeah, some detail of what I was talking before it's like the metal just rust. Into the latex, and yeah, the relation between like, yeah, metal and blood. So, that was something that I was, yeah, looking for into this membrane painting. You also can see, like, on the top, some like the color of the, the sap of this tree that I was talking about. Uh, yeah, the, so there is like, um view of the show, um, an ensemble of other paintings and the lamps, the light sculpture made with beads. We are like uh, kind of crumbling from the floor, like dripping. It's like, yeah, for me, it's the dripping. I'm pretty happy with the color, actually, and the color are really important for me. Uh, I guess what I wanted to to do for this show was like created something really light and dark in the same time and having this like kind of pinky rusty yeah it was like a weird balance to find and yeah I'm I'm pretty happy when I'm seeing this picture I mean I wasn't into the space but it's it looks yeah Okay, so this is a detail of one of the light sculpture, And what I wanted to to share with you is a little uh, video I did for Céline, like the brand. They asked me this summer a video, and I was really into the, pro- the production of this show. And so you will see a little bit of like the uh what happened uh with my family they have me to beads and in my native village Uh, so yeah let's let and if you watch really carefully you will also see like the a light of my nieces margot on on the the video it's one minute video with sound and yeah let's try Maybe you have to. Yeah. The thing oh, but I guess it's just like yeah it's a fiction about like beatings beating ceremony with all my family so I wanted to share with you and then yeah some doodles so yeah I did like a little of composition inside the light sculpture for me they're also like painting so the the color and the composition are quite me the same as the membrane kind of, Um, yeah. I use like some image of like, I'm interested in about like um, technology of the body. And I previously like use a lot of tool massage, And so there was like this six stories and some image of fantastic body. And so it became like kind of, yeah, um, just a composition like inside the the vein for me, like the light sculpture also like something really, a space that is really open but also kind of close. And yeah, this is another view of the installation with the two paintings and some light sculpture. You can see that the the space is really big, like really high, the ceiling is high. Okay. Uh, oh yeah, I wanted to maybe also speak about this painting. So it's the same process. So it's analog photograph uh, element that I choose and compose, and then the fabric, and then the liquid, and it's dry. But what I did also in in this painting is I I printed some uh, personal images of uh, we have I, I do have a lot of sisters, five sisters but with the little one um, we are doing a Instagram like just group called sisters and just like they always send picture and information about like the um, biological like information as like period or sickness or like dreams and I thought it was something like interesting but like this phenomenon like biological phenomenon with the body but also the technology and so I printed this uh, dialogue between us and so you can see that it's injected into the work so at the top for example there was like some of some of those those pictures um what else a lot of mystery also in inside inside the skin sometimes I don't remember myself what is it but yeah kind of like this painting and just um on the front there is this um light sculpture and on the floor there is this uh cushion work as Max uh, said, like Boudin, I call them Boudin, which is really not an elegant word, but uh, they are not really elegant as well. It's kind of like, yeah, weird, really weird pieces with stuff inside that it's yeah unclear what it's going to happen. And yeah, uh, it could be like an animal, like a body, or just like something you have like a domestic stuff. I put also. Image of my sister on it, and yeah, um, th- this is um, the the curtain. For me. Is- yeah, a membrane or a painting or a curtain, but it was also like the eyelid I was talking about. There was also information about my sister uh, at the top and then a lot of transparent um, see-through and don't tell, I'm sorry, I don't remember the word, um, fabric. So for me, it was really important to create like some kind of, yeah, like a line or a border But you can see through, like all the light, the space, and the architecture, and uh, I never, yeah, the 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 fabric, yeah, stay together with different kind of um, acrylic, like uh, or latex. So it's also something like really liquid that up and on the floor in my studio, and then I just put it uh in in them and it become like that this kind of painting um yeah another image of that some detail of that you can see like the the sap of the tree i was uh talking about like it's google image of that and some picture that a friend of mine was sending send to me Uh, at this moment so it's a collection between like yeah internet image and like intimate image that comes together in a collage that become also a kind of membrane I hope that you can see uh, the other space with um, artist work and like it's connect also the space together yeah so this is another image of the of the membrane and yeah, just I like this picture. It's interesting for me to see how like because my studio wasn't like big enough to see the the shape of the light sculpture. So they are like really tiny line that cut the space, kind of. They're really sharp, mm-hmm. and yeah, really like a liquid dripping kind of. So yes, I think it's <clears throat> yeah another one where you can see like light sculpture, like everything took all the elements together, kind of like the membrane curtain, the light sculpture and big painting membrane. Oh, then yeah, I wanted to share with you like uh, some picture of my studio right now because I'm preparing a show and it's uh, really the continuity of what I was doing for ACA. And I think it was really an important step for me like to dive into those two process. And so I extend that uh, right now for my show. So I just selected like few images of my studio right now. And uh, don't want to comment it like so much because it's just happening and it's just some part of it. But yeah, this is my studio right now. So you can see like it's, yeah, I'm still working with <laughs> those two process, like the beads. And uh, also, yeah, in kind a of weird painting, I'm going, Yeah, yeah. The beads and yeah, paintings. Yes.
1: Mimosa, that's that's wonderful. It's beautiful to see the new work as well, and to see the thank you for taking us back into your space. If if we if we weren't able to bring you here, you brought us back into your studio, so that's very beautiful and very generous. And I think it gives life to the work. Um, we've received just a couple of of quick questions for you directly, and also a general question afterwards for for the group. But just a couple of practical questions have come through, Mimosa. One of which asks um how do you deal with the natural decay of some of the materials that you use and and how do you how do you work with that
0: yeah well it's always a question that uh, I, um people ask me um to be honest i'm not thinking a lot of that i i don't really care about that uh some of my projects are maybe really fragile and yeah for example as the kombucha project center but most of my work are pretty stable to be honest or if they are not like it's not my problem but a lot of yeah mostly i try to like for example on this painting like you you have in akka nothing is really um you know perishable mm. Because there is, yeah, it's also an idea that people have when it's on my work. But I play with that. But if you just look at it, everything is quite artificial, or it's like just fixed. Um, yeah. So it depends. But uh, when I use flour, for example, or like organic, if you just think about like paper, it's also you know like really close to flour. It's like just fiber. So I don't know. I think it's okay.
1: And just a a quick um, informational question. Also, someone has asked, um, Des Barry has asked um, if your video, the Celine video is available online?
0: Uh, Yeah, uh, on the Instagram of Celine. Yeah,
1: On the Celine Instagram. Great. Oh, wonderful. Um, And for, 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 all or anyone, um, we have another question um, which is how do you deal with issues um, where or when your work um, might echo or refer to um, previous or past artists? Um, do, you, um, do you acknowledge your inspirations from their work um, or deny it? Um, who is your most influential artist um, towards either of your practices or your artworks. Thank you. So I think I think it's a question really about your relationship to previous artists, whether they are influences or reference points, and it's it's open to anyone to to respond to that question.
0: Okay, uh, I do have a lot of inspiration, so I thought to I choose like just one, but I don't know. Maybe the easiest thing is like to go back to like the first love you have as a teenager, well, I was really into Anna Mengeta, Uh but also Mike mm. So I guess it was like, this two figures were really important to me.
1: Yeah, that's 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 really interesting from both a material and performative sense. It's It make, makes a lot of sense. Would anyone else like to join in in that question? Sorry? Would anyone else like to join in to follow that question? It's a big question. <laughs> yeah, it is a big question.
3: Um, hmm. I don't know who the uh, most influential artist is. I mean, I think this work, there's obviously a history of artists that use fabric and fans that, um, is well known, I suppose, the work of um, Hans Hack and uh, other more contemporary artists as well. Um, But yeah, I don't, yeah, who is, I don't know. I feel like my friends are very influential, um, but maybe not so much in terms of their artwork, but in terms of the conversations that I have with them. Um, yeah, and also I think this, like, history of materiality that is sort of exists in my, um, throughout my life in different ways that I think influences my work. But I don't think I ever shy away from from uh, acknowledging if something is directly referencing another artwork. Um, but in this case, um, I I haven't set out with the intention of directly referencing any one person.
1: Thanks, Sid. Robert, would you like to join in on that to, to round out the conversation? Or?
2: Uh, I'll, I suppose briefly, it was someone that, that uh, saw the show recently in ACCA um, sort of remembered seeing Rebecca Horn and this work sort of had elements of that and which really sort of um, did surprise me because Re- she was someone that I, um, through research and and through undergrads, sort of looked at her work and her performance work and that idea of marking surfaces, and the mechanics of it and everything else. So it was really nice to come back to that. So thinking about her work again after not thinking about it for a while and then seeing some um, uh, quite a few similarities with it. So that was a a nice nice thing to be brought back for me um, as an influence and um, I'm. Sure, there's, there's quite a few that go into it over a long period of time, both with um, the technology and sort of mark making and sort of in, within Digisart as well. Um, I'll leave that, that one in that little space for now. Thanks.
1: Well, um, I think that's a, a wonderful perhaps way to round out the conversation and um, just to say thank you so much um, to, to all of you for your really generous um, insights but also for your wonderful work which is um, a real privilege to present at ACCA and we're really um, delighted to see the work um, receive such great response and engagement and uh, we're really um, honored and you know continue to really um, enjoy the way that the public is encountering the work and also um, I think at this time when after a year of of living very much in a virtual world to um, have an exhibition which is so Kind of textured and tactile and haptic and bodily and uh, corporeal is a very rewarding and rich experience. So, um, thank you um, all. Um, uh, Bianca has actually posted the link to Mimosa's video um, in the um, in the webinar chat for people who want to grab it. But you'll otherwise find it on the Instagram on the Celine Instagram. And just to, to finish off, just to say thank you to um, very much to Robert, to uh, Sydney and Mimosa for joining us today. And thank you also, our guests, um, for joining us this evening. Um, the exhibition Overlap and Magisteria is on until the 14th of March. And we also have a performance by um, Sam Peterson on Saturday, the 13th of March. Um, one Sam will be performing one of her rants, a new rant um, at 3.30pm. Um, or 3 o'clock p.m. I think, check the Acker website. Um, and we have another number of other programs for the closing weekend. So please stay tuned and um, otherwise look to our website uh, or follow Acker on social media, uh, acca.melbourne. And um, finally, um, we do have a short survey for this event, which pops up on your browser when the webinar is ended. And even though surveys are sometimes tiresome and cumbersome. Um, they're really helpful for us, if you wouldn't mind spending one or two minutes um, to fill out the survey, that would be really appreciated. And they do help us to um, think about future events and uh, to um, yeah get your feedback. So um, thank you all very much again. Um, lovely to see you, Mimosa, a um, And Hello. bye-bye, Sydney, Hello. bye-bye, Robert. And thank you also to our two um, interpreters, um, Angela and Amber. Thank you very much. Thank you all. Thanks for joining us.